Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today's September 14th, and it's officially major week. And we got our guy, Reed, live at Wingfoot for the, uh, I guess it's the first major of the year. How's it going, guys? It's going good. And it's actually the second major. Is it? No, but it's, okay, the first of the new season. First of the new season, yeah, yeah. But uh, if we're going into that, there's going to be six majors this coming season. Incredible. A lot of a lot of pot, a lot of money in the pot this year. So, two Masters, uh, two U.S. Opens, one British, one PGA. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Talking about the Masters, we could we could kick things off with a, a big story that broke this year on the uh, the guy who got arrested for plagiarizing. What what did he do? No, you knew the story better than I did. So yeah, just saw it. Breaking news today: a guy. Um, is arrested. He's going to federal prison for at least two years um, because he was uh, ide- basically for identity theft. He was using different um, IDs to get master's tickets. And his family, I think, was possibly in on it. Um, and they weren't even, this is the part that just is stupid. They weren't even trying to go to the tournament. They were just trying to sell the dang tickets. So, get him and flip them. Not even a true golf like fan, just really trying to get to the Masters. They just want to make a quick buck. Yeah, so we got to ask, uh, Reed, would you go to jail for two years for Masters tickets? I would hope no, considering that you're going to go to the Masters at some point. Absolutely not. I would not go to jail for it, but I uh, do hope that in the near future, a Masters ticket is punched. Thirty-three percent of our followers said they would go to jail for Masters tickets. Seriously? Yeah, we I, think that, I mean, it's so hard to get. It's it's a lottery. Is that, is that under the condition that they're going to be able to go and then they go to jail? I'd hope so. It would be pretty shitty if they'd <laughs> agree to go and not – just jail and not go to the Masters. <laughs> I think, Zach, I would say yes if it meant I got to go to, I guess, the National for the entire week like full access pass, maybe I get a like be in the ropes behind Tiger and Mark Hubbard. <laughs> and then I also get a play around there on like Monday after the Masters. You're like a psychopath then. <laughs> I think I think a round a playing around there has to be involved in that. This is like federal jail too. That's like the jail you get raped in for dropping the soap. Oh, you yeah. don't know that. You just got to oh. talk it out. Yeah, no. This is like... That's just how it is on the movies, Zach. You, it's, it's, it's not that bad. You I get three square, meals, three square meals a day. You can work out as much as you want. I think if I'm going to jail, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. I hey, like it. Zach, is there a uh, particular flavored scented soap that you like? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big vanilla guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, so all I got from this is Nolan would have a great old time in prison. Yeah, oh, making friends, I'm going to be making connections in there, and I'm going to be like, see you on the outs, baby. <laughs> very, very risque. Then, you uh, know, no, he wouldn't leave Tiger's group. We'll call him Tiger Nolan. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, exactly. You'd be you'd be perfect in prison. I'm sure there's lots of golf fans in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Phil, Phil might work his way into jail with all the uh, little money scandals he's <laughs> been in, or in and around in the past yeah, couple of years. People. He has people. <laughs> but uh, talking about golf, we had a, a crazy week at the Safeway this week with Stuart Sink winning, winning it. I know uh, Kip Henley wasn't on the bag, a former guest of the show, but uh, his son was on the bag. Uh, so, uh, no one, one of his think about that. one of his two sons that I think they're both really good at golf. Um, and it was funny. I was watching and I was like, that caddy like definitely looks like Stuart Singh. That's got to be his son. And then like two holes later, they started talking about him. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> the hair was a little throwing you off because you got Stuart Singh, Mister Clean over there, and then his son's got the locks. Yeah, like, he's got the flow. Yeah. What about uh, you know you know Craig Welty that we had on the podcast? He used to uh, and that might still a little bit work with Stewart. Yeah, are a we lot of connections the, from the back tees bump? I would say so. <laughs> Absolutely, so that, Stewart. You see, uh, not to get off topic, we're talking about from the back tees bump. Did you see uh, Jimmy Stanger's finish last week with I Colby? Did. Another good finish. Well, it's, it's getting uh. We're getting up there. All of our boys are just crushing it. Yeah, it's about time. About time. The hard work's paying off. Yeah. No. Exactly. And then uh, you guys didn't have the week you wanted necessarily, but I think it was the move. You get an extra two days to prepare for the bigger tournament. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the golf course playing um, way different than it was last year. Like polar opposite. Um, that cut was at five under. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, Got to be know, one of the lowest cuts of the year. Yeah, I mean, five under for a cut is pretty deep. Yeah. I mean, um, but, yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't hit it great. Didn't hit it, you know, didn't hit it. It had some uh, miscues and whatnot, but um, I think you hit it on the nose, Zach. It could be a blessing in disguise getting a couple extra days rest before this week. Exactly. Got to have short-term, short-term memory loss anyways. That is correct. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Nolan, I know you're the big uh, Oklahoma State guy. Can you give us a quick recap on? Yeah, man. I was watching and I was like, who's this Ventura guy? And sure enough, look him up. He went to Okie State with Victor Hovland, with Matt Wolf. And I'm like, that is <laughs> three PJ Tour guys on one single team, like in the same year. Of course, they, they won the national championship, but. That's that's unprecedented, I would think, having three tour guys on one national championship team or or one college team to, you know, to begin with. So I was like, of course he is. And now now I'm just thinking, oh, he apparently he's he's with uh, Claude Harmon, the swing coach, and who knows? We'll see another OK State guy climbing up the leaderboards here soon. But he had a good he had a good week. Stuart Sink, dude. First win in 11 years. That was a blast from the past. I think everyone was fine with seeing him win. But it's funny because you think, like, a young guy's going to finally, like, you know, get his breakthrough win there. And then old man Stuart Sink claims it. Yeah, there were so many guys. It was, like, Sam Burns, Harry Higgs, Ventura, all fighting for the W. And then uh, Stuart Sink takes it all away. Not to uh, – 
take it away from Stewart. Oh, did you see that last shot? I think it was in the second round. Harry Higgs finished on the ninth hole. You see how he, see how he closed out his second round? I believe it was the second round. The albatross. Pulls it out from like 260 or 250. I don't, I don't know what it was. Could have been 240. And yeah. albatross. I don't know. He's already seven under on the round. That was enough. And then on top of being seven under, I get like you're hitting it well to be seven under. But to get an albatross, you obviously need to get lucky just to have that happen. I mean, like, that's not fair. <laughs> should happen yeah, to a guy who's, like, way back. That's the guy who should get the albatross. We're talking to a guy who's essentially been with Hubbard while he made an albatross. That's true. So. <laughs> not too long ago. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asterix, but. <laughs> we're, no, we're calling it an albatross. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do want a converted, uh, converted par five. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And then did you see – Higgs a shot on 16 in, in the final round. Yeah, he like, tugged his drive three. left, right, and he was in the rough. Yeah, and from the par, trees to like six feet or something. Par five, just freaking perfect draw iron out of the trees and rolls six feet, nails the eagle, and all of a sudden he's two back and sink bogeys. And he had like a six-footer or eight-footer maybe for birdie on 17. And yeah. Missed it high. Crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. The fun Big little win. end to the Safeway. Big win for Sink. I saw also, I saw Kip Henley, he tweeted out how uh, Sink didn't want to use his lifetime exemption for, like, the career money list and instead decided to play the events he got into to try and just win and get three-year exemption. And he ended up doing that. So that's a pretty bold move out of him. And, obviously, I feel like it's more respected move. I do think that whole the lifetime membership or the lifetime money list exemption is sort of uh, a bit crazy because it's like you were good 20 years ago. You get to play every event now. Yeah. Like yeah. KJ Choi is still playing events. Oh, yeah. KJ Choi is coming in. He was at uh, Memorial, I think, too. Yeah. But speaking, I don't of, know. speaking of guys playing events, I saw in the field this week Roy Ishikawa, and I was like, How's that guy in a U.S. Open? I don't know what the whatever qualifier he made it through or or what, but I mean he used to be pretty good, you know. There's I mean, some weird not... ways to get in. Are there like exemptions for like country or something? I feel like no. It's 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 different this year because of the schedule and all all coronavirus. Like we got it off of. Uh, um... I don't know if I, – I honestly don't know if we normally would have gotten in or if we wouldn't have. I have no idea. But we got in off a um, top – it was something to do with, like, top five people on the FedEx not already in the U.S. Open. So they would go to one and say, okay, one on the FedEx is in, two on the FedEx is in, so forth. Yeah, and uh, our friend uh, Colton is also going to be at the U.S. Open. He got in with SIG. In the last event. Oh, he did? I didn't know yeah. that. I, this, I also, I have no idea how he got in, but good on them for getting in. Cause... There were certain events also that if you finish in, like, the top three, or, like, the top three of people who weren't exempt in certain tournaments or something like that, that uh, you got a spot in the U.S. Open. That's what uh, it was. I, um, think. I think they finished third two weeks ago, or second, and it got them a spot at the Open. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's it's it's, all, it's also different with all this COVID stuff. Yeah, it should go back to 
to normal next year for the for the most part. Yeah. Well, uh, no complaining. So this week you're out at Wingfoot. Uh, you've been out on the course. You you sent us a nice video. We might tweet out of a practice round. I know we're going to be doing a giveaway tomorrow. Yeah. For those listening, it will be Tuesday. And uh, do you want to give us a quick preview on how the course is set up? What you think? Uh, what people should expect to see? Uh, grind to say the least. Um, fairways are crucial. Uh, being in the right spot on the greens is prominent. I mean, if you get above the hole or short-sided on some of these greens and pins, you're not going to have much of a prayer except to hit it to 50 feet, um, literally. Uh, but I think it's a golf course that will reward good golf shots. It's not going to take away um, any, you know, shot that should have been good, turned out bad or whatever. I think it's going to give you what you, what you I mean, sure, you get this, the, you know, the gusts of winds or wind or whatever that kind of throw your ball off sometimes. But as far as the actual golf course goes on the ground, it's uh, it's pretty fair. It's just tough. Yeah, and uh, what, what do you think the winning score is going to be? Is it going to break par? I know one of our followers, he messaged me on Twitter, big fan of the podcast. He actually asked, uh, he wanted for your thoughts on, he made a $50 bet with a buddy that, of course, the winner would be over par. So do you think he made a good bet? 100%. Wow. Yeah, you can get to lock the winner is over par. 100%. If someone, if someone breaks par and, and, and finishes his week breaking par, I'm not saying it can't be done because these guys are the best in the world, but there's so many holes where it's just, I mean, a good shot's 30 feet to some of these pins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if the putter gets hot, yeah. I mean, I mean, never say never, but I'm I'm just saying, if you're if you're a betting man, it's a pretty good bet to say the winner's gonna be over par. Even if you're on the greens in a lot of a lot of these greens, man, I've seen they are not easy. If you got a forty footer, that that could easily become a three jack. Like, I mean, think about it. There, there's some spots on the golf course where they can put the pin in, uh, for instance a front left pin with a bunker guarding it. And now you can't get to the below the hole because everything's sloping from back to front. And so you're going to have to hit it to pin high right and have a putt swing five, six feet or four or five feet or have a putt straight down the hill or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's U S open golf. That, that is finest. I love that. Cause I feel like the last couple of years, we've had a couple of U S opens with some pretty low scores and it drives me up the wall. Like, I want the U.S. Open winner to be, like, 25 over par. Like, <laughs> constant. Who could make less double bogeys? But then, yeah. then, then that gets to the point, Zach, where it's not fair. Like, you want it to be fair but tough. Not me. <laughs> make him suffer. DJ, watch. DJ's going to go, like, 20 under par this week. No. No, 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 no. If he hits every fairway, he might. But it's going to be. Zach. From and to all the listeners listening, if someone, I'll give it. If someone breaks ten under par for the tournament, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Do yeah. not make these promises. It's too late now because this is an unedited podcast. So I don't know what <laughs> you want me to do about that. But this is on you. You're rich now. Ten under par, over ten under, so it has to be eleven under or more. And I'll give you a thousand dollars. Could you just dye your beard green? That's much better. Not happening. 
dye my beard. I'm about, I'm about like a, I'll put little like green streaks in it, so it's like like a race car. Okay, deal. I'll tell you what, unless these Oregon fires make their way over to New York and burn down that rough, it, it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. And Noel, what's going on near you? Give Dude, your, uh... it's, it's wild. I mean, I don't know if you uh, saw my Instagram story the other day, but I had like three different days of just like photos of the sky. And one day it was like this burnt orange brown. The other day it was like this freaking like red pink and then now it's just like it looks like the densest fog you've ever seen and it's crazy we're supposed to be having like 85 degree weather but because of so much smoke it's like 60 degrees because we're like yeah. under the sun and the sun isn't even touching us but crazy yeah luckily i'm safe um my house was in like level one evacuation at the worst, which level three means get the heck out. Um, so Where exactly? I live like, yeah, so just south. And the fires, just south of Portland, the fires are like um, east of me. And luckily, I'm on the west side of the Willamette River. So I would have like this sweet protection from the river um, if it got close. But then all of a sudden there was like another fire that popped up in the the west side of Wilson at like way out but um not not near the beach or anything but um just in the in the cascades out there so it's been it's been a wild ride and there's been some really cool towns that have burned down like I don't know if you've heard of Detroit Lake um the city of Detroit is a ghost town it's burnt and there's nothing left standing so it's a, you know, I made a lot of memories over there and it's just super weird. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think we've got some good weather, hopefully some rain to help us out. But yeah. Has, are there forest fires often near you or is this like as bad? As no, this is, um, this is pretty rare. I mean, in central Oregon, every once in a while, there's a, a decent sized forest fire, but usually they can contain it pretty fast. Um, but there's just super dry, super hot, a lot of wind. And that combination is pretty deadly for forest fires. And uh, yeah, it's it's been weird. There was one a couple of years back in the Columbia Gorge, but that was like a man-made. Some some idiot kids like started a fire. The these ones I think are just through natural. But um, yeah, it's it's been rough, but we're getting through it. Yeah. Yeah, I know the state of Washington is burning up too. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, the whole West Coast, man. Those pictures, those like space photos showing just like the smog that is over the entire West Coast is wild. So that's crazy. Uh, before we go to the second half of the show, I forgot a, a little bit. I know uh, Reed. We're obviously uh, thankful to have you as our third host on the podcast, and we know you have a new sponsor for your hat and. We'd like nothing more for you to give them a little plug and uh, let the people know where they could find them. Absolutely. So I have, uh, I work with three guys, but the, the newest team member to the uh, Martin and Hubbard crew and uh, from the back tees crew is, uh, I think I mentioned it last week, was a company called Forma Cars out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. They do, um, very, very cool replica cars, old Cobras and whatnot. Um, check them out, Forma Cars online. 
Uh, also, a uh, plug over to uh, Taylor Hartman, the owner and CEO of Surf and Turf Golf, who supplies uh, all of the hats that um, and embroiders all the hats that I wear. And Tommy Dodge with TD Design, the uh, the shirts I wear, and of course you guys uh, being on my hat and representing the uh, the pod as well. Yeah, that Surf and Turf. I got to give a shout out to them. They make incredible hats and a very good logo as well. You should see this. Uh, like the new, the new designs are pretty cool. Like the, this, this gray, this gray on black here is. Ooh, we'll tweet out a picture for those who can't see it. Yeah. Pictures tweeted over, but uh, yeah, for for all you guys looking for uh, hats, go to Surf and Turf Golf. Check them out online. They are a uh, Texas-based company. Taylor Hartman and his crew do a wonderful job. They will even specially design something if you want them to. Um, other than that, uh, thank you to all of the team members making this uh, clothing and whatnot go around and, and the support and all the uh, friendships and uh, all that come with it. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And where, where could the guys find the Surf and Turf stuff? Online. Uh, go online. I believe it's surfandturfgolf.com. Um, yeah. They're pretty. They're pretty well. I mean, I saw them in some pro shops and whatnot. So yeah. They're starting to become. They're starting to become very uh, spread out, if you will. Ta Taylor Hartman is doing a good job. Uh, he just bought the company a few years ago, um, and he's doing a good job uh, spreading the word about his product and getting this product to different states and clubs and whatnot. But it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be nationally recognized here in a couple of years. All right. Well, I just had a, uh, a notification pop on my phone, guys. It's going to be a little segue. But Big Ben outrushed Saquon Barkley tonight. <laughs> wow. Oh, well. Nine. oh, I know what this is going to segue into. This is incredible. <laughs> Give the segue, Nolan. So well, let's see. I play fantasy football. Zach, you play fantasy I, football? Yeah, I play fantasy football. Like many Canadians and Americans out it's there. It's an American-Canadian pastime. Yeah. <laughs> Reed. <laughs> Reed, you got to play fantasy football, right? You're a football guy. You, you like well, it. Last year, last year I was in three leagues, and for the past five years, I've read my own league. But uh, this year, not a chance. You no got fans. tired of taking on everyone's money. There, there's no fans, man. All, all the atmosphere is gone, and my my, it's just not the same. And that that and being on the road all the time it makes it a little harder. But but this uh, is the hottest take I've ever heard that you don't play fantasy football. Because there are no fans in the stadium. Hey, hold on. I, I, that wasn't the only reason, but it, was a bit, it, it, it takes the atmosphere away from the game, does it not? Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, Zach, I you got to admit. <laughs> Zach, you got to admit, it was weird watching the Saints play with no one in the stands. Yeah, it was weird, but I'm still playing fantasy. I'm not like I'm out on fantasy football. This sucks because there's no fans. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say it was – it was a little weird going into it because I was like, all right, I'm, I'm like the commissioner of my league. And I was like, what do we do, guys? Like if COVID breaks out and some teams have to cancel, blah, blah, blah. How do we divvy out the money? There's a lot of complexities. And, and oh, like wow, you discussed that. We had no home field advantage is a little different. Like like the Saints, for example, it's not really a big home field advantage anymore without those fans. So. I know, but they still spanked Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom I mean, Brady. No, it I mean, the other thing is, dude, what happens if the whole front line gets COVID and they can't play that game or whatever, or the quarterback or Cam Newton or whoever, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, like, my uh, 
league, they're all just kind of like, eh, whatever, we'll just play. We'll see what happens. And I'm like, something's going to happen. I'm guys. with your league. Read, fantasy football is for the camaraderie. <laughs> it's not about whether you win or lose. <laughs> it's about being there. That's a good take. I like that, Zach. Yeah. There yeah. must be some pros who have – there must be some PJ Tour players out there who are in a fantasy league together. Oh, uh, for sure. I know a lot of guys play. They should play for, like, a tournament win. Like wow. You, you legally swap a win. <laughs> even in the record books? Or just, yeah, just... even in the record books. Wow. Dude, you could get some really dicey things going, like people throwing tournaments for a fantasy football win or something. Yeah, <laughs> Not a time. problem. Uh, I'll take your uh, last Masters that went away from me. I'll take that money. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> Should have made better picks. Tiger, big Raiders fan. I think they – did they win on Sunday? Raiders won. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's let's continue the Wingfoot talk, and we can I, – I can – we got to talk about Tiger a little bit, speaking of. So, how do we think he might do this week? I personally haven't released uh, my Tiger article yet, but um, I don't know. I'm so on the fence of – Tiger Woods is good at grinding out golf courses, and this is just going to be a grind fest. But I'm also like, if he misses like too many fairways, like he can sometimes do, it's gonna he might miss the cut. So I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on Tiger? Uh, that's it, man. I mean, he's got to hit fairway. Whoever, whoever it is, has to. Right. Hit Either that or you got to be really good at getting it up and down from 80, 100 yards. I mean, do you think um, a lot of guys are long enough to take less than driver on a handful of, you know, to give them like 190 into a lot of these par fours or something? And if they want to play it that way? I mean, yeah, but the thing is, is the margin for error this week is much smaller than it is in most other events. And so even if you miss a three-wood a little bit and it goes two inches into the rough on most holes, there's some holes where they, they taper it on the tougher holes. The rough is tapered a little bit where it's still there off the fairway, but it's not as thick, and then they'll taper it kind of longer. The shorter holes and the easier holes, like if you miss the fairway by an inch, you're not going to be able to find your ball to everything. Um, but, I mean, I, I just think it comes down to I, – I think if at the end of the week, if you look – at the winner, my guess is going to be he's going to be in the top five or ten in driving. So if Tiger can do that, I, mean, I don't see why not. Yeah, my, my whole take on the whole thing, it's sort of a debate I see a lot of time between, like, sports bettors or the fantasy guys on when a course is – like, it's very clear you got to hit fairways this week. So does that benefit the guys who constantly hit fairways or does it benefit the guys who miss fairways because everyone's going to be missing fairways? Mm. So, like – a guy who I really think is uh, going – I don't think he'll win because, I mean, he's been terrible. But, like, Jordan Spieth has not been able to hit a fairway for the life of him. But everyone else is going to be missing fairways. And when you miss the fairway, he's one of the best guys to save par. So, like, how many less fairways will the best guys hit from the worst? I feel like everyone's going to miss. I mean, I think if you go out and drive it really, really well in a round this week, if you, any given round, I think if you go drive it really well, you're going to hit. 10 maybe 11 fairways you think it was you think it's 
I feel like it's less narrow than like TPC Boston. I feel like Boston was pretty narrow off the tee, but maybe I'm wrong. Boston was, I mean, it, it wasn't that narrow. I mean, there were spots it was narrow. It's not so much that the fairways are narrow out here. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing, but if. But it's just if you miss it, yeah. If you miss it, like times too, like you yeah. just you're double fucked. That's what I was – I was slightly disagreeing with you, Zach, because I was like, I don't think a ton of guys are going to be necessarily missing fairways. It's just how much distance do you want to give up to make sure you're in the fairway or – yeah. Yeah. Who hits the farthest long irons on tour? Is it Bryson or is it like Finau? They both pump it. I mean, Bryson hits it stupid long, but better be accurate. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many drivers he takes because, yeah. yeah. You should see you should see some of these greens. I mean, I wish you guys could see them in person. They're, yeah, they're, I think you can't do it justice on pictures or video. Yeah, and there's so much going on on some of these greens. What yeah. do you think you shoot on the course, Reed? Because people listening, you're a good player. You played college. You tried to go pro. Failed. If you, yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> If I fuck, dude, I don't even know. Like, if I went out now, I'd shoot a million. If you gave me a month and a half or a month to say you're going to play wing foot, I don't know, low 80s, high 70s, low 80s. Oh wow! Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I he could he could shoot that for sure. I mean, take the over. He's out of his prime. <laughs> fuck you, Zach. <laughs> if you gave him if you gave him two rounds, I bet he could break 80. <laughs> If that's that's if he gave me some time to prep for it. True. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, Tiger, man, I, I don't know. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be one way or the other for him. To for me, I feel like he's either gonna be in contention or missing the I'm cut. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think he finishes like twentieth. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um. One thing speaking. I want to know: we do a little list we write before the show, and. I thought Nolan must have sent this list because one of the notes is Reed's in-person impression and Reed sent this list. So whatever this impression is, Reed really wants to do. I did not send that list though. You wait, did. you, yeah, wait. Nolan, <laughs> Nolan, Nolan sent it in the first place and I, I copied and pasted it and said, are we, are oh, we, are we? you're right. You're right. I take that back. Oh, you know what? That was, we're reading that very oddly. <laughs> I was getting at his impression on the course. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a, like an impression <laughs> of Beyonce or something. No, but that would be way better. Yeah, do you have any impressions, Reed? Now that I'm prepared. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of went over it. Just the golf course. No, I I meant of a person. <laughs> oh, you big impersonation. Big, big, big mountain man. That's all I've got to say. I can see it. So yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally thinking that it's going to be over par this week. Um, back when uh, JT and Tiger played a little practice round out there um, before TPC Boston, uh, it was rumored that JT shot two rounds of over par. Um, and that was a few weeks ago, obviously. So who, who knows if – I mean, they can make it as hard as they want. So – so what's your prediction for the number? Go for the winning score. Winning score. Um, I'm going to go with like three over par. 
three over par. Reed, yeah. what, what do we got from you? I'm taking uh, – are we going picks or just score? Just score. We're going to go picks. Actually, no, let's do, let's do our whole picks. So, Nolan, we'll, you'll restart and you'll tell us what you think they're going to shoot. Okay. Well, you already know what I think will be shot. Um, I was uh, – I've been debating who I think is going to win for a while now because I'm looking at, like, the driving accuracy stats – um, and Webb Simpson's up there, obviously playing good, and he plays his long irons very well as well. Um, but, you know, who was also up there is someone we haven't talked about in a long time because he hasn't been playing that great of golf. And Mr. Ricky Fowler, who still needs to get that, that major win. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to go with Ricky Fowler this week. Um, I don't I don't really – like. Earlier in the week, I was thinking Xander, just because that's an easy pick. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler. He's pretty good at driving the ball. He's um, He's been, you know, around the golf golfing world for a long time. He's a great putter, and these greens are going to be hard to putt on. So I'm going Ricky Fowler three over. Okay, Nolan. I read, sorry. I'm going to go with a guy. I know the Europeans historically don't. Uh, haven't, I should say, played extremely well West Open. I'm going to go with a guy who is a complete grinder, uh, can get real hot, and I'm going to take him at five over. I'm going Justin Rose. I like that. That's a bit off the charts. And I, I have another pick that's a bit a bit uh, different. I know uh, at the start of the restart, he was absolutely crushing it. It's my guy, Bryson DeChambeau. No. He is because I'm sticking with the strategy of it's not the accurate guys. Well, first of all, he is pretty accurate. Reed said he thinks the guy who wins is going to be top five off the tee. Number one off the tee, Bryson DeChambeau. Hitting fairways, not yardages. Well, I'm Stroke going game, maybe. It's all included. A top ten putter on tour, Bryson DeChambeau. He's been incredible on the greens. Mm-hmm. One thing he's bad at is approaching the green. So that is a little concerning. Very, very concerning. If he hits it as far as he can, I think he takes driver on every single hole. And just approaching the green is the most important shot in golf. You know, <laughs> Nolan, he batted approaching. He won a tournament where he was like a hundredth and approached the green. So, yeah, but this ain't no. Tur- this is the U.S. Open, Zach. This is Wingfoot. Yeah. He is going to do it and take home his first major. He is also. These guys are so damn good at golf. I understand the winning score may not be low, but I'm taking one under par. Wow. I think he breaks par. These guys are so good. DJ shot like the worst 60 of all time. That's how good <laughs> these guys are. You know, a lot of it the is pretty it's soft in some areas right now, too. So a lot of it depends on how firm they want to get it. Yeah. Well, if they go 11 under. You know, it would just be like murderous is if they had like soft fairways, but rock hard greens. So you're not getting any roll off the tee. And then you got like 200 in and you got to like land it in like a 10 by 10 square. That was uh, Muirfield this year was. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was brutal, too. How did Bryson do at Muirfield? (laughs) I think he took like an 11 on hole 15. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because one time he got lucky and lucky hit in the rough. He needs to have better course management. That's why. This is 
I'm giving him his course management. He could pay me later. You take <laughs> driver and you hit it as hard as you could every single hole. And just who cares if you hit it in the rough? You're like hitting but it 400 yards. That's not managing a course. That's just hitting it as hard as you can. Reed, that's the management. <laughs> Reed, you'll see. I'm no caddy, as you know. But this advice, it's one of a kind advice. It's taking the world by storm. I'm like the Billy Bean of golf. I've figured it out up here. Yeah, interesting, Zach. You know who's also like pretty, you know, high up on the driving accuracy and got some real game is Colin Murakawa. He's 31st in driving accuracy. Um, Joel Joel Damon. I mean, Ryan that guy. Armour. Yeah, Ryan Armour is way up there. Um, hey, for for the listeners, going back to Joel Damon, he's one of Mark's good friends. So I spent a lot of not a lot of time, but I spent some time around his cat, and we play practice rounds together. If you are not following Gino Bonaielli on, on Twitter, sorry, go look at his Twitter. He posted a video of his hotel room. It's funnier than hell. Wow. You <laughs> need right. to get active on Twitter, Reed. We're getting there. You're starting to get there. We're, we're getting we're one at a time. One at a time. We're getting there. We definitely uh, took some interesting picks, I would say. I mean, no, no DJs. Well, we're not suckers. We're not suckers. We're not just going the easy route. We want the, the reward when we finally get there. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. I'm convinced Mark Hubbard's winning this week. Mark Hubbard, another great driver of the golf ball, um, accuracy-wise. And, yeah, so. What kind of person? Nolan, do you have it in front of you? Yeah. What, they're, uh, you guys are 58th in driving accuracy. Um, but, you know, like 58th from – 25 to 58 is 4%, like, whatever. Oh, yeah. So, it's not like a huge discrepancy there. Um, John Rahm's at 56. I mean, he's hot. JT's hot. So, who knows? What's Hubbard's best stat? What's, like, what's he t- – what's he uh, – I could find it in a second. It's either going to be strokes gained into the green – or strokes gain uh, around the greens, my guess. Oh, Ooh. gosh. It is scrambling. Do you know what you guys are ranked in scrambling? Couldn't tell you, but he's good at it. 20. Fourth. Fourth. Fourth, huh? Fourth on tour. I would say that's all the caddy. Driving distance, not so high. Not the caddy. Um, <laughs> if, you go, if you go to the 2021 season, which we are in, you guys are 100% in sand saves, so you're number one. Number one. Really love nice. <laughs> what is that? What, how, many, how many do we have, Nolan? Oh, sorry. I think it was two for two or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was going to say one for You guys are 20th, 20th in greens and regulation. Another good stat for this week. Very good. <laughs> this is the biggest lock of all time. Hey, what, it, what do you guys think about – okay, so – Scotty Suffler is not playing. I don't know. I just saw his name pop up. That stinks, man. One of the few COVID cases they've had in a while, and all of a sudden, playing so well. The rookie of the year doesn't get to play in the U.S. Open. Dude, at the very start of this all, uh, people were saying that someone was going to get screwed out of something at some point. Yeah, I thought for sure. Tiger was, like, not going to be able to play in, like, the U.S. Open or something. I was going to be so mad because, yeah, like, his caddy was going to get COVID or something. 
<laughs> you would have locked yourself in your room, probably. Yeah. And Scotty Scheffler is now that guy. No, I actually felt really bad. Like, I feel like he's one of the worst guys you want to see have to miss it after how well he's been playing. Hey, did anyone ever see what happened to his caddy with his leg? I never oh, heard. Someone else in for him last week. Or was it last week, two weeks ago, something like that? Last week, maybe. It must Where, have been more serious than just cramps then. It might have been in – you know where it was? It was in Chicago that I was – that I was I saw uh, Jordan, who usually caddies for Bo Hostler, took over for Scotty that week. I don't know what has come of it, but I just didn't know if anyone had heard of what older Scotty because Scotty's – caddy's name is Scotty as well. I like that. Scotty Reeds on tour? There's no Reeds on tour. No Reeds. Damn. There's a Patrick. True, but it's spelled differently. It's spelled differently. Yeah. And let's be honest, you wouldn't want a caddy for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on from that before we get in trouble. Uh, Reed, I know uh, my favorite part of the week, this is for sure it, your geography question. <laughs> I, this is it's a fact this week. Well, we can make it a question. We'll make it a question. Yeah, turn that fact into a question. Very quick. Well, it's a two-part question. The largest building west in the Western Hemisphere is located in New York. The tallest, tallest building. The tallest building is located in the Western Hemisphere in New York. What is it? Um, oh, it's gonna be like, oh, is it the Freedom Tower? Yeah, that's, that's my guess. Um. The yeah, World Trade One, Freedom Tower. I think that that was gonna be my guess too. Like it used to be the Sears Tower always, but yeah, uh, I think it's the yeah One World Trade or Freedom Tower. That that it is. Yes. And <laughs> this bumps out. I'm such a good American. And when it comes, I'll give you a little fact on it. Instead of a second part question, because it's actually pretty interesting. The height on the uh, One World Trade Center is 1,776 feet. Does anyone know what that corresponds to? 1776. The year the USA signed the Declaration of Independence. That's exactly why they built it like that. I've watched National Treasure. Zach, Zach, you must ha- you must have your green card or something, right? No, yeah, I, it, no, literally, National Treasure taught me that. <laughs> the best movie. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I was trying to look up stuff. I was gonna do something about because I know New York has like an insane number of tunnels and bridges. They're, they're everywhere, so I was gonna do something on that. But I, being in, in New York around the where the trade centers were around 9/11, uh, just passed. I figured I would bring it up. The One World Trade Center being the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, suits it just crazy. Perfectly. Wow, I did not know that. It was just an educated guess. Very, very educated. Well, well Zach, you want to you want a hot tiger stat this week? Oh, do I ever! All right, let's get into it. Um, of course, we're at Wingfoot this week, and um, Tiger Woods competed in a U.S. Open at Wingfoot back in 2006 um, when Phil epically collapsed. Um, but that's uh, what my stat is 
getting at this this week. So from 97, when Tiger, you know, came onto the scene, um, till 2008, Tiger Woods played in 46 major championships and made the cut in 45 of those 46 major championships. Um, the only one he failed to make the cut at was the 2006 at Wingfoot. Um, for those who don't know, that was the first major after his father passed away. So a very difficult time for him, obviously. Um, he shot 76, 76, 12 over, missed the weekend. Um, and then right after that, goes on to win uh, the British Open over at Hoylake. And he finished first or second in six out of the next – sorry, seven out of the next eight majors he played in. So just utter dominance. That's Okay, I'm back. I'm all in on Tiger winning, actually. <laughs> no, right. He lost. He missed the cut at Wingfoot. It's going to be like Michael Jordan and anyone that pisses him off, he just tries to, like, destroy. So it'll be like, fucking Wingfoot ruined it for me last time. Now he's going to tear it up. Also, it's he's for so- sure going better than minus 11. So, Reed. <laughs> Tiger's just, he's going to pull a 2000 US Open on everyone? Yes. <laughs> Could you that imagine? Be- Reed is going to be strong. Okay, Reed, let's take the situation right now. Mark Hubbard, 11 under on the last hole, <laughs> nine shots clear of second place. You tell him to bogey. You have a two foot par putt on the last. Hit it backwards. Do you tell him to bogey? <laughs> hey, we're still in double digits if we make bogey. Hit it back. That would be electric television. <laughs> or he just aims it completely sideways to miss the cup or just hits it like an inch or something. That'd be classic. Exactly. I would want to see that one time. Someone intentional. I always want to see when the guy's up by like eight shots to intentionally miss a couple just to like make it fun <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> like take out putter. Oh. When well, uh, DJ could have done that, didn't he? Won when he was thirty under. He won by like twelve, didn't he? Right, he won by eleven, I think. Right, yeah. He for sure. No, what he should have done is he should have taken driver and hit it out of bounds intentionally. That would have been funny. <laughs> like, add a little humor here. <clears throat> That'd be something. That'd be something. All I- right. Uh, any closing thoughts for you two? I just um, have. I just have a joke for you guys, a little one-liner, and it's kind of stupid, but I've known it for years, and I just thought of it, and I think it might be a little chuckler to end off the uh, show. I like that. What did the elephant say to the naked old man? I'm already laughing, and I don't even know <laughs> the joke. Put some clothes on. How do you breathe with that thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, oh. Listeners, is one of the stupidest jokes you ever heard, but it is a little chuckler. I like that one. Well, with that, uh, I'm Zach. We got Nolan. We got Reed. Nolan, I I don't know why I keep confusing you two. It's terrible. Reed, <laughs> good luck out there this week. You know, you got uh, your two biggest fans right here, and our entire fan base is for sure rooting you guys on. Thank you. One at a time. Let me tee it up on Thursday. Going to go out early and uh, walk nine tomorrow before Mark and I go play nine and then walk nine on Wednesday before we go play nine again. It's a busy week, but you want to make sure you're dialed. Yep. That's right. See you next and, week, uh, Reed. Yeah. And for all those listening, be sure to check Twitter because we'll be doing a giveaway. So uh, see you guys next week.
Make sure to talk to you guys from the beach next week.